Hi everyone, welcome to the Get Inspired Talks podcast. For this episode of the Get Inspired Talks podcast, we talk with Sabrina Smy. Sabrina is a computer programmer that solves business problems using artificial intelligence. On the weekend, she spends her time competing in hackathons, aka hacking marathons. Not the criminal type of hacking. This one is ethical. The aim of a hackathon is to find the best code solution to difficult world problems in the fastest, smartest, and most innovative way. After winning many of these types of competitions, she's confidently honed a winning strategy for problem solving in hackathons and daily life. In this episode, she'll share her epic strategy, EPIC, so you and your loved ones can solve big challenges faster and better than ever before. Now, please help me welcome Sabrina Smy to the Get Inspired Talks podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Get Inspired Talks podcast. As I mentioned in my introduction, Sabrina is here with me on the line. She's a, she's a girl in tech, as we've been discussing, <laughs> which is a subject all of its own. But she recently gave a Get Inspired talk and uh, I just I I heard it during the I heard it during the rehearsal and then I heard it obviously live on the day of the event and uh, I really like the formula that she's come up with I won't I won't I won't mention it quite yet but uh, that's what we're going to talk about today and uh, yeah welcome to get inspired talks Thanks so much. You were like my number one fan right at the front row laughing at all my jokes. So I was like, yeah, Rod is awesome. <laughs> That's right. I, I try, to give the, try to give the speaker some, some enthusiasm. And, it was working. And I was like, yep, I hear Rod's laugh. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> That's fun. great. Yeah. Yeah, it was a pleasure to be sitting there and, and cheering you on. One of, one of the things where we've, I've been asking all of my guests is, about their upbringing because it's it's uncanny how every guest their upbringing has influenced what they're doing today in some sort of a way so we should just tell our listeners at this point we're going to talk about a problem solving formula that you've come up with and that you've used at some hackathons we'll explain that a bit later too but uh, so I, I felt like that was important to just mention but how did your upbringing sort of help you come up with this eventual formula or even influence what you're doing today Well, that's an interesting question. I can definitely speak to it in a very long and stretched out way or just sort of summarize it. But I guess all in all, you know, I I grew up having philanthropy as sort of my source of what I wanted to do in life. And so I sort of grew up wanting to, you know, be a doctor because, I mean, that was, you know, a way for me to show impact sort of immediately. But then I sort of discovered tech and I was like, okay, tech is a great way for me to sort of create impact but almost in an immediate way in in a way that sort of scales so quickly so i thought that that was a very fascinating thing so that's how i got into tech was i accidentally took a university course while i was studying health sciences and then made my way into the world of tech and i started discovering ways on how i can use technology to impact the world positively so i started going to these hackathons. And um, I don't know if you want me to get into the hackathon uh, sort of world now, but that was sort of my transition. Yeah, go ahead and tell us what a hackathon okay. is. Yeah. Okay, so um, <laughs> a hackathon, which a lot of people are like, Sabrina, are you going to 
hack into my computer or something like that or steal information from my you know computer or you know tap into my bank account no 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 that is the thing that I don't do I'm actually considered an ethical hacker and an ethical hacker spends their weekends competing in hackathons and what that is is usually 24 to 48 hours where computer programmers you know gather in one big room. Usually it's a university sort of setting. Princeton has had some uh, hackathons. Uh, even here at UBC, uh, we've had one or two hackathons uh, this year. And um, Harvard and MIT, they all have hackathons. And thousands and hundreds of students and, and developers from all over the world uh, apply to get into this competition. And this competition, the goal of these competitions is to use technology to impact the world somehow. So you come in there with absolutely no idea how you're going to influence the world, but you just know you will. And uh, sponsors from Google, Tesla, Microsoft, Amazon, they're all there, you know, sponsoring these events because they know that there's a bunch of technologists that are just so passionate about solving some sort of problem and after these competitions usually people create startups or sort of take that on and and, and really solve the world in, in really large ways um, so just imagine 36 hours of just coding and and trying to come up with a creative solution but you can imagine you know people that are in software don't have that you know they're very analytical, but not very creative. So that's when I started thinking about a process of how anyone that's more leaning towards the analytical way of thinking or maybe too creative, how we can have that together and create this lateral thinking where you can really bring forth creative solutions to technology or to problems around the world. So that's where I thought about the EPIC approach. just before we get into that. So the, you know, people use the term life hack. So it's, it's a bit more like that, isn't it? It's, it's finding a, a quick solution to maybe a, a sort of complex problem, or it doesn't even necessarily have to be a complex problem, but you're, you're trying to, in a short period of time, you're trying to find a technological answer to, to a problem. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, you're, you have the access of so much technology how can you really solve it in 36 hours and it's it's tough it is yeah. really tough. no sleep a lot of caffeine and yeah. a ton of junk food <laughs> yeah so, so t tell me just quickly about i'm always interested in the first event the first time you did people do certain things what was your first hackathon like and and how did you even get interested in it in the first place oh that's a good question i think i remember meeting this one girl and uh, she kept on telling me oh these hackathons these hackathons these hackathons and I'm like what are they and um, it just sounds like it's super difficult to get into so she sort of helped me out and explained to me uh, what these hackathons are and I was like oh this is freaking awesome so I decided to go to a hackathon that was at the school that I went to the University of Toronto and it was a, a smaller hackathon and it was focused on health and sciences um, so when I first came in there they made you register and it was they gave you these hacker name cards and it was super weird because I mean the room was all filled with men first of all I think I was one of five girls there so that was already a, a big shocker to me and I'm like okay yeah go figure it's it's a 
the tech industry. And I come in there and there are, you know, company like booths of, you know, companies like Google, Amazon and, and uh, Tesla and just all these big, big companies, tech companies. And they're all there just trying to talk to hackers and trying to convince them, hey, can you use our technology to solve this world problem? So this is how we sort of start with, you know, trying to figure out what problem do we really want to solve? But yeah, it was, <laughs> you can imagine being in a room filled with like hundreds of people and you're like, you know, imposter syndrome is a big thing too, because you're like, oh, I don't deserve to be here. There's all these smart people around me. So there's a lot of emotions going on when you first enter these events and not having sleep for 36 hours for the first time in a really long time is, yeah, it's odd. <laughs> but and yeah. you don't, you often don't go with a team either. You just, it sounds like you go by yourself once in a while. Or do you uh, yeah. always go by yourself? Yeah. I actually take pride in always coming by myself. And the reason why I do this is my goal for going to these competitions is to learn as much as I can. And if I'm already going in with a group that I've already worked with, that doesn't make it as challenging as me trying to figure out how to work with this new team and, and how to get them to collaborate. And I take, I'm a big believer in diversity of thought. So the more, you know, new faces that I can work with, the more I can learn from these people. So I never come in with a group. I'm always like, you know, walking into a room with, with new faces. And I'm like, Hey, how are you? Just trying to talk to people and, and see what their interests are. And, and if we have some sort of synergy, then let's work together. If we have the same passion about solving a certain world problem, let's work together and we'll see how it goes. So, yeah. I know you've won at least one of these events. How many have you gone to and have you won, have you won more than one? Uh, yes, I've won quite a few. I, I think I lost count by now. Um, I've been to at least 25 hackathons in the last two years. Oh, wow. Yeah. I thought the number uh, would be more like six, five or six or something. But Oh, yeah, no, that, I've, yeah. I've been to quite a few. Yeah. So, and I won quite a few as well. Yeah. I don't know how many actually. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. So. so are you sort of getting known in the hackathon world? world are you like <laughs> yeah, they've do you walk of, in there and they go hey there's sabrina smide she's the, she's a actually <laughs> it's funny because i mean although there's like a thousand people usually in these rooms but it's usually the same you know people that are very passionate about going to hackathons so you sort of there are familiar faces and uh yeah I, i've been sort of labeled as a serial hacker because i just go to so many of these hackathons and just always wanting to learn always wanting to solve some sort of world problem so yeah there's a lot of familiar faces <laughs> so yeah And so you mentioned it a little, and you mentioned it a little bit earlier. But uh, you have a, a unique process that you've come up with. I love it, <laughs> and uh, I've even tried to apply it a little bit, and hope to use it a, a little bit more in the future. I I just like it so much. But just uh, tell us a little bit about the Epic approach. Let's let's do it this way. Just summarize it, and then tell us how you came up with it, and then I'd like to break it down a little bit. So let's, let's sure. go that way. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I guess, so I basically, after going to all these hackathons and having a passion to sort of solve all these world problems, I sort of derived 
this way of thinking and it's not just a way of thinking it's a framework that anyone can use to solve any world problem um, it could be a small problem it could be a problem that's used with ai it's a problem that could be used in life even making decisions even if you have miscommunications with someone it's it, you're trying to resolve a problem in the fastest and most revolutionary way so the most out-of-the-box solution using a few steps so after going to all these hackathons, I sort of codified a way um, for anyone to solve a problem in 36 hours or 24 hours or however long you have. But the way that I came up with this four-step process, and it's called EPIC, it starts with E for empathy, I for, sorry, <laughs> we're cu we'll cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> clearly forgot my acronym. No, 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 we got to keep that in. <laughs> you want to keep that? Okay, fine. It's, All right, I clearly can't spell my own. <laughs> All right, I can spell word. epic, I promise. Let's try this again. E okay. is for empathy, P for problem, I for ideas, and C for create. It's a shortcut to success, in my opinion, and it's just a way for you to get to sort of nothing to a the best possible solution out there. And the way that I came up with this is I started to realize that I, I use design thinking in almost all of my approaches to problems and challenges. It's a way that I use in, you know, in tech and it's a way that I use in even small decisions in my life. So I decided to boil it down to four key steps. And I've realized that empathy is always a part of life. You know, we're all emotional human beings and we all have pain points. And it's very important for us to know what these pain points are if we're trying to design a solution for someone. And then P is for problem. Everybody has problems in their lives. And, and these are things that will always be there. And I is for ideas. We need to find creative ideas to actually solve these problems. And C is for create. As soon as we have all these ideas, we need to apply the ones that we think is you know the most effective and if it doesn't work out no problem just go back to the i stage and keep reiterating and trying out which solution works best so after epic you're almost guaranteed to get to the best possible solution in the fastest way so it's just an approach for problem solving yeah i i love like i think part of the reason why i like the e P part of it <laughs> is that I'm very much an idea person. So I'll just jump into ideas and then sort of assume that people will like my ideas and jump on board. That's but I, I, the, thinking about empathy helps you to think about the end user a lot more and what they're going through. Or And, and in that case, I'm just talking about a business solution. But, you know, as you talked about in your talk, you you used it when you were thinking about moving out to Vancouver with, with your mom. So maybe instead of a tech example, why don't you just share that story again? Because I think it really, it's a great, it exemplifies how this can be used, not just in business or not just to sell, solve a technological problem, but also in, in life. I think it's a, it's, it's yeah. Kind of a story. Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I just quickly uh, talking about, business really quickly. I know that you mentioned empathy and it's always a step that a lot of people neglect. A lot of people forget about. So they keep shipping out sort of products in the market and then they realize it doesn't work because why? They they don't think about the human that's actually going to be using it. So it's a, it's a step that a lot of people miss out on. But going to a situation where it's more personal. And how did I use the Epic approach in a decision in my life was uh, last year. 
I received a, an incredible job opportunity, but I found out that I had to move from Toronto to Vancouver. So, I mean, right off the bat, if I didn't have this way of thinking of, of the epic approach, I would have either declined the offer right away because of, you know, I love the way that, you know, I have my family in Toronto, I have my friends, I have my cute dog, but I thought about it and I was like, I can stress out about it for weeks and weeks and weeks or just decline the offer or I can just go straight to Epic and really get to a solution quickly without stressing out or, you know, wasting time. So I went straight for empathy and I was like, the step one is empathy. So I thought about who's affected and what are their pain points. So I thought about it and I was like, okay, my pain point is my mother that's overprotective and I love her so much and it would break her heart if I actually moved away from her. And then I thought about, okay, that's, that is my pain point. Step number two is problem. Can I summarize my problem in one short sentence? And if I can't do that myself, that means that I really don't know what my problem statement is. I don't know what my problem is or it's too large of a problem for me to even solve in a short amount of time. So I thought about my problem statement was that should I stay in Toronto with my friends and family or actually move to Vancouver? And then the next step is I for ideas. I went into my bedroom and I literally put all these ideas on how to actually make this decision. There were sticky notes everywhere on my wall and, you know, my, my sister came into my room and she's like, what are all these sticky notes? I keep stepping on them and I, you know, they keep falling off my wall. But anyways, this is just a way to just put ideas out there in front of you so you can visualize. And C is for create, and this is where you create an action plan where you pick one idea and actually turn it into reality. And for me, I actually picked idea number 78. <laughs> That's when, you know, I've tried so many different ideas and I'm like, okay, maybe this is not working for me. This is not working for me. And then I realized number 78 was the solution that I created. And I didn't create like a crazy app idea like, like I usually do in these hackathons, but I just created a solution, which was, you know, a schedule where I can talk to my mom face to face three times a week. And because my, my pain point was my mother, that was a great sort of solution for, for me to mitigate, you know, her getting worried and overprotective and whatnot. And I tried it out and the results were great. And um, I actually did end up moving to Vancouver and my mom is happy with that. So, <laughs> so this is just one example of how I use the Epic approach. And I got to the solution in just a few hours instead of stressing out about it. It's a big decision. You're moving across the country away from your friends and family and using the Epic approach, you can almost use that for, any challenge or problem. So yeah, I'm excited to, to, to hear about how many other people actually use this approach and, and how much time it saves them and, and what cool solutions they come up with. Yeah, and how's your mom doing? How's it going? <laughs> She's doing well. She's doing well. I think she's waiting for my uh, Skype call right now. And then the next minute. <laughs> yeah. I know that that's, uh, this is chunking down a little bit, but that's one of the beautiful things about technology, isn't it? I mean, our, both our daughters live out of town. It's, it's, it's horrible as a parent. <laughs> yeah, no, I, but, I, I can, I can imagine. Yeah. But technology sure makes it a lot easier. You know, you can FaceTime or Skype or whatever. It, it, it does help. Yeah, it is that. amazing. It is amazing. Yeah. It's fascinating to know that a few years ago it was not an option. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's nothing like being in person, but uh, oh yeah, that's, that's some totally of these, different. <laughs> some of these technological solutions sure help. 
Well, by this time, by the time this episode airs, uh, your video will be out. So people will be able to hear the, the, uh, the Princeton story and, and what you did there. I'm wondering that if I could put you on the spot, could you share another story, how you use this at a hackathon or to solve uh, a, a business uh, solution? or come up with a business or tech solution, yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, so I think my favorite solution that I came up with at a hackathon using the Epic approach was, to, we had to do with street performers. I used to live in Toronto and I used to always take the subway to, to, to school and work and I used to pass by this incredible musician every single day and he always used to play my favorite song and I used to get super excited and he would always make my day. And, you know, as a token of my appreciation, I would always want to, you know, drop a loony or a toonie or something. Just, you know, the, it's like the least I can do to show a token of my appreciation. But of course, we live in a cashless society where I never carry cash. I'm always carrying my one or two credit cards and that's about it. So that was sort of my empathy stage where I, when I was at this hackathon, I was like, I remember that one musician where he used to play my favorite song. And I used to feel guilty and bad every single time I passed by him because I really wanted to show a token of my appreciation. So that was the empathy stage for me. Next is P for problem statement. So my problem statement was how can we actually you know, show a token of my appreciation to this person when we live in a, in a cashless society. So I started thinking about ways on how I can do that. And one of the ideas that we came up with was why can't we build an app where, you know, you can just pull up the app on your phone. We can get an NFC tag that costs less than a dollar for the musician to purchase. He can register his bank account to it and he can have a sign that says, just tap here for for, for tipping. And then on the app, you can actually take out your phone. And even though you're in a rush because you have to go to work, but you want to show a token of your appreciation, you just tap and then go. Then the app would tell you, hey, how much do you want to tip this person? And then you're like one or $2. Here's let me tap $2. And then that will go straight into his bank account. And the best part is you can actually rate him and he will go into a database. So if, for example, you're in New York and they're really well known for their buskers and you want to find out, you know, hey, where, where are the cool musicians or where are the cool artists uh, on the streets? And then you can sort of browse and through ratings and comments, you're like, hey, this person looks cool. I want to check this person out. So we just basically created an app where you can not only search and find incredible local musicians that are on the streets, but also tip them and show a token of your appreciation. So we're sort of bridging the gap between, you know, the, the world of buskers and, and technology. So that was just one fun way that uh, I solved the fun problem that that was near and dear to my heart using the epic approach <laughs> that's really yeah. cool so did you do that at a hackathon or you just you just did that personally on your own i actually did that at a hackathon and oh, yeah. that was one of the hackathons that i actually won in north carolina um okay. i did a competition in north carolina and i actually won that one um and we wanted to actually take this on and, and actually you know build this in real life yeah i uh, bet yeah yeah but it, it was a really challenge yeah. Sorry? Has someone done that? Has, is someone using that? Is, it, is there a busker app out there now? Um, there, okay, so we created the app. It's open source, so anyone can download it and actually use it on their phone. The only challenge is, is being able to register, being able to access busker data and actually registering it to an NFC tag and 
that was really challenging. So there's a legal sort of hurdle that we would have to sort of take care of and that requires a lot of work. So yeah, it was just a passion project. So if anyone wants to take this on, go ahead. It's going to be great. And you can monetize it too, you know, just take a small fee or something and it'll be great. Oh, no kidding. So you're looking for, you need someone to solve that, still solve that sort of that legal and the sort of the paperwork issue. Is that, is yeah, that if, I mean? if that's taken care of, then I, this app would be, you know, super incredible. It would make a big difference and it would encourage more buskers to actually busk because it's declined so much because they're not making any money and they're not wanting to actually show their talent and, and uh, skills to the world because they're like, what's the point? There's that empathetic side of it again, right? That's exactly. The it keeps. It all goes back to empathy, Rod. It just. It all does. People say it's, that you know the you know the world revolves around money. No, it doesn't. It revolves around empathy. That's, that's what it is. Have you have you seen anybody else pick up Epic? I mean, you're just starting to talk about it maybe in public, but has anyone else said, "Hey, that's a really cool." formula. I'm sure some of the people that have worked with you at these hackathons have taken it and used it in life. Have you heard some, have you gotten some feedback and some stories of other people that are, that are uh, using Epic? Yeah. So um, I, at every single hackathon, the first topic that we talk about is this Epic approach. And, you know, I always sit down and I'm like, okay, there's always that one person that's like, just jump straight into one idea. Just go. This is the coolest idea. And it's great. It's, it's fun. But we need to always take a step back and really uh, go through these stages. So sometimes I allow them to just jump into straight at one idea. And then we realize like 12 hours after that we need to take 100 steps back, not even like 10 steps back. We need to take 100 steps back. And then, you know, they realize the value of um, the Epic approach. And a lot of people that have worked with me in these hackathons actually started using the Epic approach. And I've seen their success rate and winning these hackathons like drastically spike. And the reason why is because, you know, they're just creating a human centric solution. So, you're almost guaranteed to come up with like an out of the box solution that really solves someone's pain point. And if you can really solve someone's pain point and fully understand, you know, the user and, and who you're trying to solve for, you're, you're almost guaranteed to come up with like the perfect solution for, for this problem. I mean, there's no perfect solution, but the best solution. So yeah, a lot of the people that have worked with me started adopting it and their success rate in these hackathons have been dramatic. And um, they've even mentioned that they started using it in life. That was even before I thought of sort of democratizing this and really applying it to different areas in life. And they've seen a lot of success. So I'm, I'm just excited. I want to share this with everybody. I think it's just a way of thinking. It's a frame it's a framework that anyone can apply in just any challenge or problem. And I just really am excited about everyone applying this because life will be better. (laughs) (laughs) Good stuff. So you would have already given a challenge, but we'll give a, we're doing podcast challenges as well. So, (laughs) you know, part of get inspired is we want to inspire people to brave actions, not just totally ideas out there. So, uh, do you have a challenge for our listeners today? Yes. My challenge to you is to apply the epic approach in any area in your life. It could be a big decision. It could be a small decision, but apply the epic approach. And I want to hear about 
your challenge. I want to hear about how you've successfully applied this epic approach. And if you actually, if you're on Twitter and want to tag me, I'm at Sabrina underscore Smai, S-M-A-I, and tell me how you've used the epic approach in your big decision in your life, and I will retweet you. That's great. We're, we also have a GI Action Challenge Facebook page. So if you want to look that up and join us, we'll, we'll put this challenge on the, uh, on the GI Action Facebook page. And hopefully, Sabrina, you can come in there and, and see what sort of comments are, are there. Totally. If anybody has any questions, you can answer them for us. So yeah, yeah please join us in this conversation. I'd love to hear about people putting this into practice as well. Like I said, I've, I've done it in a, in a bit of a small way. And maybe by the time this, I, I'm actually formulating, I'm working on a business idea right now and I'm going to apply it to that business idea. So I will check in on the Facebook page and let you know and let others know how that, <laughs> That'd be great. how Epic worked for my, for my business idea. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then another uh, person who is looking to do a talk at the Vancouver Get Inspired is actually using the EPIC approach uh, right now. And we're talking on how to apply the EPIC approach to even come up with a speech. Because at the end of the day, you're, 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 there's a message that you're trying to convey. There's a sort of, you need to empathize with the audience. You need to sort of understand what's, some, what's something that's of value to them and come up with ideas on how to actually approach this talk and how to create content and then sort of trying it out. So like, yeah, there's just so many, yeah, there's business ideas that you can apply this to. There's even creating talks, even if you have a miscommunication with your spouse or something, it's, it's all, there's so many different ways of using this. So super exciting. This, this is jumping back a little bit, but I think it's sure. an important thing to discuss is the idea stage. So give us a couple principles around ideas, because I know at the Princeton event where you came up with the job app, you came up with, it sounds like you spent 10 hours just coming up with ideas. So how do you come up with ideas? And then how do you, how did you, how do you pick the best one? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. And it's, and it's a difficult one because one thing that I can say for sure is, you know, we're always told when we're ideating or trying to generate ideas, try to focus on coming up with like three incredible ideas and then we'll decide from there. But I want to challenge that and say, do not do this. Try to come up with as many ideas as possible. And the reason why we spent 10 hours is because we wanted to explore every possible solution or any possible idea on trying to solve the problem that we were trying to solve. So we spent 10 hours and the, there are many different strategies for trying to generate idea, uh, ideas. There are strategies like brainstorming, scamper, mind mapping, even the SWOT analysis to try to you know, rank these ideas. There are so many strategies that you can just look them up online and they will help you really step you through how to generate as many ideas as possible. Yeah, that's the main thing. And then, in terms of picking ideas, it's all about how this is why diversity of thought is very important because you want as many opinions as, you know, and, and sort of go through a stage of eliminating ideas and then sort of ranking them, ranking them. And then try one or two ideas. And if it doesn't work out, the I and the C stage is meant to be a reiterative uh, sort of uh, stage where you have one idea, you try it out. It doesn't, 
doesn't give you the best results. So you try out another idea that maybe you maybe you never thought would be the, the best possible solution. And then you realize, okay, maybe this is the solution that we want. So yeah, and the reason why I want as many ideas as possible is because even if they're crazy ideas or ideas that someone may think is, is dumb, but if you connect two of those ideas together, you may come up with a very unique solution that you never thought would have been possible if you didn't sketch these out. So the more ideas, the better. Focus on quantity rather than quality, and you'll be surprised how many incredible, unique solutions you'll come up with. So. That's really cool. So it sounds like sometimes when you try to apply them, that's part of the decision-making process as well. So you might exactly. pick an idea, you start to work on it and realize, ah, this isn't you know, working out that well. You could pick another idea and maybe add it to what you've done and, and piggyback, or you could just go back to the drawing board and pick another Pick idea number two. Exactly. <laughs> try to apply that. So don't don't become too married to your ideas. It sounds like like exactly try them out first and see how see how they work out. Yeah, no, that's that's a really good point. And I, I guess I guess when you're going through your uh, sort of epic approach for your business idea, I think I think you'll start realizing that and and uh, and you'll start realizing, hey, yeah, three ideas is a way of being married to three ideas. And that's why we should come up with as many ideas as possible because we want to refrain from being too attached to these ideas and really explore everything. So yes, this, the C stage is, is part of our decision-making. So that's a, an excellent point, Rod, actually. Yeah. So our guest today has been Sabrina Smy, and uh, we've been talking about the epic approach, obviously. And Sabrina, we've talked about your Twitter account and just tell us again, like what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Probably Twitter. I'm always on Twitter, even at okay. work. Yeah. So give us the handle again. Uh, it's at Sabrina underscore Smy. So first underscore last name. And you can tweet at me and I will almost get back to you right away. Excellent. So if, uh, if people are listening on iTunes or on SoundCloud or on YouTube, please, uh, we'll, we'll have, we'll list some of the links and some of the things that Sabrina has talked about. I'm even thinking about maybe I'll put some links into, you know, the SWOT approach and some of those other approaches that you, that you talked about. So if people want to go deep with this, deep with this and really apply it, they, they can do that. So yeah, good stuff. Cool. Thank you so much, Rod. I really, really appreciate it. And I was super excited. I was like, I'm getting interviewed by Rod. I'm super excited. I've seen so many of your episodes and it's, it's an honor to have, to have, uh, you know, myself here and, and being interviewed by you. So, yeah. Oh my goodness. You're so kind. And, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited about you. I look at you, this is an old person kind of thing to say, but man, I look at you as a young person, a brilliant young person. And uh, I'm excited to see where you go and what, what happens in your career and, and see what happens with Epic too. It's going to be Epic. That's all I can say. It's going to be Epic. Yes. That's a great way to finish up. So <laughs> thanks again. Thank you so much, Rod. Take care.